0: everyone and welcome to another episode of One Mic Night Podcast. This is a special edition. This is One Mic Night Artist Session Live. And I'm very, very happy because this episode is sponsored and a big thanks and shout out to CityCorp and NYFA.org who have given an opportunity for artists who were struck by the pandemic a chance to you know, recoup and, and help them move forward with their art. So thank you, thank you, thank you a million times to uh, help the artists out there who, who need the help. My episode today is, like I said, the first episode of One Mic Night Artist Live Sessions, where we go inside the studio with artists and see them in their environment. And we're gonna learn a little bit about them and what they do. The artist today is a visual artist. He's an educator and he's an entrepreneur. Please welcome, Nardo Franklin, AKA Soul for Arts, the one Mike Knight. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: good. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and
1: uh, being here with me. No problem. No problem. You know, you know it's easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have questions. Okay. The
0: first question is Who is Nardo Franklin? And who is, who is Mar- Nardo
1: Franklin? Okay. Nardo Franklin that's a loaded question okay so a little bit about me Nardo Franklin came from my middle name so when I was at school one day my friend was like what's your name and I told her and she was like oh I don't think I like it so uh, she was like what's your middle name I was like well it's the Nardo and she was like Nardo I, I think I like that. So she literally gave me my name and she started calling me Nardo. So everybody started calling me Nardo. So from that point on, she was just like, uh, Nardo, Nardo. So everybody's was like, who is Nardo? So when that became a thing, um, I started painting uh, at the school. And I've been painting my whole life. So when I went to college, that was not my story. So I was just like, OK, I'm going to go to school for business. Um, anything that's gonna make me some money. So when I started painting uh at Russ College, it was in Holly Springs, Mississippi, um, I had did a painting for a lady and they was like, who did this? And I was like, nah, I don't get it. So from there they was like, no, you 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 can't you can't be here. You got to go somewhere else. So they literally transferred me to another school. Wow. So when I transferred from another school, they I took on the name Nardo. So people were asking me who I was and I was like, oh, I'm Nardo. So then they started comparing me to the artist, like, oh, like Leonardo. And I was like, oh yeah. So I felt like that was my story. So um, that's the name, that's how I came Nardo. So, take, so us back.
0: take us back a little bit. Like, how did you, how did you grow up? Where are you from? Like, tell us the whole- So bit.
1: I'm from Nesbitt, Mississippi. Okay, So I was born and raised in Mississippi. With school in Mississippi, I transferred to Memphis, Tennessee, in order to receive my bachelor's in fine arts. So, uh so southern I'm now board, through
0: I, ha- I know a little, yeah. little something about Tennessee because I was actually born in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Okay. Oh, so, so I know a little something know, about you know, the southern. Yeah, so yeah. you know what? Yeah. So you already know, <laughs> I know right? So how how was uh, that for you growing up in the south? Um, it was very, very different. I think I grew up fast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of responsibilities at an early age. So when it became like going to college and stuff, I'm like, other people not doing this. So I was literally driving at 13, had a license oh, wow. at 14. Wow. I had a job at 15. So like I'm in tenth grade and I'm working at Captain D's, <laughs> right. literally yeah. making five twenty five an hour. Wow, man! So
0: that's I, I know that story so well. You know what I mean? Like we we didn't have it. Right. I either. I, at 14. I mean, my mother was struggling to put me through school. I went to a boarding school as a senior right. parent, but I would come home in the summer times and I was working at a fast food restaurant. So how did right. you what what made you feel like you could do anything? What made you feel like you could get out of Mississippi? Because a lot of people who come from the small cities or come from Mississippi, they don't have a scope, you know, as right. wide. What was that? Well, how did that trigger
1: for you? Honestly, when I started uh, developing myself as an artist at Lamorno College, um, my professor, which is named Philip Dotson, he was to tell me, like, man, you're going to have to leave here. And I, I've always thought, well, pretty much dreamed about what it would be like to live elsewhere besides here. So when I moved to Memphis, it was just like, um, my hand, my parents still put their hands on me. So it was like, like, not really leaving anywhere. Right. So, Cause it was close. Uh, it was far, but it was close. It was not even necessarily really far. It was like yeah. 30 minutes. So right. it was just like still a skip and the hop. So when he told me that I was leaving, I started to process that. And I was like, okay. So I applied for SCAD, uh, ended up getting a scholarship for SCAD and I was like, Atlanta. I was like, Oh, let's go to Atlanta. It was Savannah at first. And then I was like, okay, well it's one in Atlanta. So let's go to Atlanta. Um, that didn't end up working out and ended up started teaching. So when that became a thing, um, the opportunity came down here. I was visiting when the school was out and I was just like, had a friend was like, just go see what it would be like if you were to just apply. Uh, end up applying for a job and then I, I got the job like on the spot. So it was it was very much so a reality for me because I was in shock like i didn't know what to say what was going through your
0: mind at the time i didn't honestly
1: honestly i i cried because it was like when you think about it like i have wanted to have this opportunity so being able to just go on this job and literally having like oh it's my first year teaching i don't have the credentials and then somebody coming in there was like no you got everything we're looking for um i've already hired somebody for the position but i want you and it was just like okay so it was almost like a fairy tale it's like this can't be real and then the reality really set in when I got back to my school in Memphis Tennessee and then actually physically saw the principal call and say hey we want one of your employees to transfer and that's when it became a reality and I was like wow. So it's still unreal to this day, and I've currently been here for about um, right two years, and it's still like—is this real? Right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's what I wanted to say. Like, how do you how do you get the confidence, you know, to to do what you do? Because a lot of times when we're navigating through life, and we come from a small city or we come from a small place, right. and we're looking our scope is worldwide or global how where did that confidence come from was there somebody in
1: your family that pushed you or you or was it the teacher or was it um, friends that it was more know? so i i would most definitely say it was more so uh, friends definitely my mother um was a big inspiration behind that um was definitely saying she wanted me to transition somewhere else to learn a different style of people a different style of communication different style of um opportunities how to address different things so when that happened it was like she was like already knew it so it was it was it was definitely one of those situations Hmm.
0: now you mentioned LeMoyne College that's a
1: HBCU right yes LeMoyne Owen is a HBCU in the heart of South Memphis and Memphis Tennessee Hmm. what was that like so um the More Noir College was an excellent experience for me. I had a uh, professor who would not take any slack. Like when I first got to the college, I will never forget the words he told me was, you're going to either receive an A or an F in my class because I know you can do it. I want to see how well you can master it. And your grade would depend on how well you teach others. Ooh, and I was ooh. just like, that's a lot of pressure. For good. Like, I was almost like, man, I just met you. You're that's good. That's, so, good. that's good. That's um, good pressure, though. You know yeah, what I mean? It was good that's pressure. Good pressure. Uh, yeah, because he called me to his office and he was like looking at the artwork. He was like, what is this? And I'm like, "Uh, it's the assignment. And he was like, no. This is art. This is what I've been looking for. What have you been doing? So when he gave me that push, it was like from then, it was it was hard at first uh, receiving all the pressure because I knew I had the capability. But when you're in a area of the more college is a small college. So you have like 15 other talented artists that was just phenomenal. And here I am coming in like they have already steps ahead of me. So it was literally almost like a fight to move from being able to do work in the hallway to actually being able to do work in the classroom because kids was already set up like everybody had their station. They had their areas. They had their place of inspiration. So it's like when you're coming in as a newbie, it's like, who are you and why do you think you're going to sit in my spot? So it was almost like from that day, it was like a dominance. You had to literally push your way through these other 15 artists and show them what you were made of.
0: I like that because it's either it's either do or die. You know what I mean? Like you're fighting, it was, you're fighting it for was, your spot. And he it was, was. Yeah. And he's spot on because he told you, you're either gonna get an A or you're gonna fail. So you gotta fight yeah. for what you want.
1: Yeah. Right? It was and it, and yeah that most definitely and i i most definitely appreciated that experience because um growing up i went to a predominantly white uh schools or whatever and it was never like that it was more so everybody had their own style everybody was just once united and when i come to this hbcu and it was just like no we're not united. You your own person, everybody's their own person. Now, what you gonna do to put yourself on top? Wow. And it was it was a reality check, like how bad do you really want this now? So it's not like the cute was out the door. It's like, oh, the painting, oh, you can paint, oh, you can draw, all that's out the door now. Right. It's almost like now that you have it, what can you do with it? How can you advance it? How can you it was you a, it was a
0: competition? it was all, it was a competition but it was a friendly competition <laughs> in the pursuit of
1: I, I would definitely say it was a competition but friendly some days mm-hmm. some days it was very hard um it was it was almost like um how would i say it it was like almost fight to the end like are you strong enough to withstand the situations that was going to come in hand and we will have uh, art shows and things like that. And the crazy part about it is we will be putting in work. I will never forget my first show. I did 22 pieces. Like I was just booming. Wow. I was booming. Wow. Cause I was like, I got to get on top. So we had did this show. We call LOC Sunday, which is like a big event. Uh, that shows what the college is doing so during this show they would have a professional artist to come in and literally say after we put this show up who gets to stay and who gets to leave so it was just like man like it was so wow. much pressure that's a lot of pressure that's a lot it of was. so yeah. it, it it brought out the reality of what is life going to be like when you're actually having to Put your work into other places that you're unfamiliar with. How are you going to make yourself stand out? How are you going to make your presence be known versus just being sitting in a corner and waiting for somebody to notice you?
0: Right. What are the kind of things that they teach you in art
1: school? I've always been curious. You know, so um, you have flat and you have classes. What are, the, what are the things they teach you? So pretty much I would say that my art school was different from a lot of schools that I've heard of. A lot of schools that I researched before I actually started going to college would tell you, oh, you'll take oil painting class, or you'll take acrylic class, or you'll take drawing classes, things like that. So my main focus for art was being able to be creative in my aspect. And I was never the type of artist that was able to be told, you have to draw this. I, that just didn't work for me. So when I was going to like the Memphis College of Arts and the Art Institutes and the Savannas and all of the uh, these prestigious art schools, I was thinking, like, do I want to be really restricted? So this school was much different because once he would give us an assignment, he saw my creative voice. And then from that perspective, he was like, OK. Go on on your own. Right. So that w- is what helped develop my mindset. And even with the developing of my mindset, it was more so of a whole thing. It was a physical thing. I had to um, think about the way that I conversed. I had to think about how I dressed. I had to think about uh, my persona in which I came out to people. I had to think about my overall look because now you're creating an audience. Mm. So he didn't just teach you're talking about you mean about
0: image of who you are and the art that you're presenting along with it, yes.
1: So to. it was necessarily about, I will never forget, I painted this painting and it was black and white. It was like, oh, it's very nice painting, but he was like, um, it's nice for Walmart, and I was just like, man, why is this man so tough? Wow, wow. But what, what he would mean? tell me is he was saying that it's a pretty picture. And which it was. He said, I'm not saying that the artwork is bad. I'm just saying it's pretty. But there is no presence of you there. There is no representation of who you are as a person. And that's why I said, like, you know, we're going to this school like, it's like, you couldn't just paint. You really had to know who you were. And it was a process of going through different situations and finding out what situations influenced which pieces and It was crazy because it felt like at that point my life started turning around. I started dealing with a lot of things that I have never had to deal with in life. I had to deal with a lot of uh, perspectives. I had to deal with a lot of criticism. I had to deal with a lot of- because of of
0: the art, you mean you
1: had to deal with things internally with yourself in order to- Okay. Yeah, because it was just like, we're in a time now where Money is like an instant thing, like people want to have quick money. So when you decide to take a life change for yourself, um, a lot of people don't know that when I was at uh, Russ College, which is the college in Holly Springs, Mississippi, I was in my fourth year of college. So for me to actually make a rational decision and say that in my fourth year as a senior, I'm going to transfer to another school and possibly start over as a sophomore or freshman to actually focus on the career goal that I should have started with in the beginning. That was a big thing. I was like facing a lot of people like, oh, you're wasting money. What you going to do? Oh, you're going to be in school forever. The art is not going to get you there. So I literally had to develop a thing within myself that said, I'm gonna make this goal because that's been my life dream. And not only am I gonna make this goal, but I'm gonna show people the different perspectives in which I can be successful in this goal that I have chosen to make for myself.
0: I love that, I love it. It (laughs) doesn't matter when it comes, but when you find that day where the passion hits you about what you're supposed to do, and they call it, you know, that light bulb moment, or whatever you want to call it. Right,
1: most is, definitely.
0: It's right on. It's right on time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when it is. When you find it, I like that. Most definitely, I love it. So. so,
1: now you're a teacher, also. Yes, I'm a school teacher.
0: <laughs> so some of the some of the things that you learned from a student, do you ever apply those to your to your teaching? Yes, it was completely different.
1: Yes. um, Definitely. I will never forget the one year that my first year of teaching, I um, did a painting and it was just like a barber cutting a little boy's hair. And it was just like uh, the painting was originally done by someone else. But um, I was doing an art show in the school. I was just giving, you know, doing work in the class and I saw the painting, but I painted the the, uh, composition in a different light. Um, I had a student uh, in my class and he would uh, talk about going to an interview at school. And I was like, oh, you know what you're going to wear? He was like, oh, I'm going to put on some J's. I'm going to put on my snap bag. And I'm just like, are you going for a job or are you going to play ball? Like, And he really thought that making uh, $7 at a job was the max he could make. And so when I recreated this composition, I called the painting Little Mark because it just symbolized a old man who was cutting this young boy's hair. And it just told me that these kids really need someone to look up to to inspire them. Because the next day I told Little Mark, I said, well, Little Mark, you can't go to an interview like that. I'm sorry. You, you just can't. And I bought him a shirt and tie. And I was like, man, if you choose to wear it, then you wear it. But he had really said that no one ever told me how to dress for an interview. And that became a reality for me. You know, I I love it. So that painting meant a lot because it was just like if no one's teaching the correct way or the correct aspect, then how do you expect the students to be successful?
0: Right you feel that responsibility just in
1: general, in life? I mean, is that? Oh, yes. Um, taking on the responsibility of a teacher comes with a lot. I tell people that it takes a village, and we're part of that village. And yeah. if you really think of it, we're a big part of that village. Um, we're almost like parents. We're mentors. We're friends. We're, you know, Uh, comforters, you know, we're we're, we're there to uh, grasp those kids because if you really think about it, a child wakes up in the morning, six o'clock, they spend most of their day, their morning, six to about eight o'clock with their parents. From that time of eight o'clock to five o'clock, they're literally with us all the time. So we have a, a sufficient influence on their Lives. Absolutely. So a lot of times when they come at home, parents are not like, okay, let me spend time with you. Let me talk to you. Let right. me ask you about how your day was. They're not asking that. They're asking, uh, can you just go get, get ready for bed so we can get up in the morning? Right.
0: Yeah, because you, you're right. You You are the ones who are absorbing everything that the child is dealing with at home. Plus, as an art teacher... You're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make them think in creative ways too. So you're teaching them things right. as well. So
1: it's a and lot. And sometimes, sometimes, a lot of times in my class, I know that I have faced situations in which I have to deal with the child's emotional standpoint emotional that's standpoint. at home before right. we can even get to the aspect of getting work done. Right. Because it's almost like you thinking as an adult, you can't ask a child to physically come in sit down and do work done when they woke up with a bad morning or they, they've they had a, a, a rough night. So if you can't deal with that emotional aspect before you ask them to even take a, ta- a chance of doing work, then you're going to really have a hard time. Right.
0: Do you find yourself teaching um, any kind of history of arts, like artists? And then- or do you find find, okay you find yourself just teaching art
1: like how to do this well i teach art and then i also teach the history of art and then i also teach different aspects of art um i teach students how to be become entrepreneurs through art and i let them know that art is that's not something as such as physical painting or drawing but art can be Uh, architecture, it could be designs, it could be jewelry making, it could be graphic designs, it could be gaming, all of those aspects that they could choose to be entrepreneurs in. Um, A lot of times that's not taught. People tend to see the physical part of art, but not the actual part of art. Um, So I tend to make sure I do that. I tie a lot of it to history, uh, like Mm -hmm. big events, like currently in my class, I'm teaching my students Basquiat. A lot of times um, we forget about those artists because everybody is so focused on creating their new style. Um, Basquiat was one of those young artists. And I was trying to tell them that, you know, with Basquiat, hey, he was like young. He created this artwork and it wasn't necessarily just, oh, how pretty it was or how nice it was. It was simply a feeling and emotion that he chose to portray in a artwork and people loved it. And so how I tied that into my lesson, I created a lesson entitled who has the bag and I uh, compared him to the the rapper Jay-Z and I put their pictures together and I talked about Jay-Z's bag and I talked about Basquiat's bag. And I was saying, who had the most money? So Jay Z recently took a picture with a bascal painting that he purchased and the kids was like, wow, he he really spent that much money on that. And I had to let the students know it's not about how things look, but it's about the message that's given and about the person behind the work. So when they started to realize that that is the aspect in which you need to go for creating your business and doing artwork and just living in life in general, then it became a reality. Then it's like something clicked in their head, like, oh, wow.
0: You're absolutely right. It's people buying into the image of who you are and your story behind the art. Right you know and then as we Most interpret definitely. the art you know that's where we get all the, the different feelings and emotions and things like that but people are buying into you and your story and what you're putting on the canvas or what you're putting on paper or what you're putting on you know whatever the medium is you're
1: working in right you right know, and that's how That's, that's, def- how it that's definitely a big there's definitely a big thing that's huge
0: now i see some of the artwork in the background
1: and yes it's yes beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> thank looks you like it
0: looks like kind of, I don't know if it's two different series of works that you're doing, but two look like they're very vibrant in color, and the other one looks like a black and white series. Is that right?
1: Oh, so these okay. I, these are, these two are my original works that's here. Okay. Um, so in this original work, uh, this is what I entitled, what I talked about in my class, my Mondrian series. So uh, well, I talked to students about Piet Mondrian, and I was talking about the modern styles of primary colors that he used. So I created this composition in order to represent um, that style of artwork. Right, now, just, this just woman, for the people who
0: are watching, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but just for the people who watch watching, Mondrian, uh, he was French, right? Yes. French, artists? French artists who painted in the primary colors. We've all seen those. You know, we've right. seen them on handbags. you have seen them on shirts. We've seen them on, like, all types yes. of different things,
1: but yeah, Very modern style piece very of modern. artwork. Yeah. So I was teaching the kids how to um, to create different aspects of artwork using Mondrian style. Um, I'm very into uh, showing the kids, like, how to transition things. Uh, a lot of times that what do you mean, I transition? tell the students... Um, they need to be able to look at something and determine, how would I change that? How would I fix that? What would I do if I was to create this composition? And that is in a very important aspect. And it's not just a art thing, but it's a life tool. If they're presented with a situation at school or at home, then they need to know how to look into depth of that situation and be able to analyze how they would handle that situation.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And I guess like also, too, it's it's a way of taking something that may be a piece of history and you're mm-hmm. updating it to a modern, like putting your own twist on a, on a Most or classic piece.
1: Most definitely. And that's the artist. definitely, yeah. So it, it's very fun when you actually um, see the kids come to life and just see some of the ways that they actually. Uh, comprehend what you're telling them, and then they just take it and run with it, and it's just phenomenal, because I actually paint with my students when I'm in class. I don't just uh, give them a whole bunch of words and history and tell them what to do. I actually let them see me physically working with them so that they know I'm working with them and not against them.
0: I love that. See, that's where the inspiration comes from, because a lot of times, you know, we can talk about Things. We can talk about history. We can talk about all those right. things. But when you actually see someone who's tangible
1: doing it, right. then I think that's
0: where the inspiration comes from for most these kids. definitely. And that
1: makes a big difference. It Believe it sh- or not, um, a lot of we're in a we're in the age of what I consider uh the kids have been saying the show me statement. So like if you're having the kids, they don't want you to just tell them they can do it. They want to see you do it. And that's one of the aspects that i have having to see this year a lot. I like that.
0: What about the other two paintings on the top there?
1: OK, so this mm-hmm. pa- uh, this painting here, mm-hmm. that is actually one of the paintings that I did when I was teaching the kids pop art. So we was learning a a different pop art style. And I was just showing them how to be bold, how to be vibrant, not necessarily having to make things look real, but make things look the way you want it to look and be representing yourself. I like that. Uh, I did the lines in the middle of the painting off center because I wanted to let them know that everything doesn't have to be perfect and still be good. And if you teach them in that aspect of, don't make perfect lines. Don't make things so identical to something else. Be you. Be that person that's, that want to stand offline and be who they are. So that made a bigger deal as uh, far as student teaching.
0: I like that. Yeah, you don't have to be perfect. It's all set to interpretation. Most
1: definitely. Yeah, individuality. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Are you working on something right now? You can. You can um, or, so my current piece that I'm working on now is a pretty nice piece. Um, I started off with, and let me see, I could so happily switch my camera. So as you can see, this is my workstation that's here. So I literally started this piece off by just painting a background and I sat there and I looked and I was engaging it to the background because I'm actually teaching the kids how to do a Basquiat style of artwork. So as I was creating this composition, um, it spoke out to me, I saw trees that's here. So I literally saw this tree in this house that was in this composition. And when I saw that, it said to me that your past doesn't determine your future. So when I saw how far along I was in the front of this house and how much was behind me. It almost determined I me, mean, told me like what am I doing with this part and this is like I was trying to figure out what this part is supposed to be but when I got to this part it was just like the story of don't worry about what's behind you because that's not determining where you're going so that's why it's more light on this side of the canvas.
0: Oh my gosh, I like that like that so when you go into doing a painting do you do you already have a concept or do you sometimes just let it flow like you start with the palette Um, and then just let it develop most of the
1: time um most of the time as you can see i will show you my paint bag in its raw state uh as you can see this is how i start off it's literally just paint and I don't necessarily have a particular palette or anything. I literally just pull from this bag and and I go for it. I like that. Wow. So um I do a lot of expressionism style of artwork, which is meaning it's based on feelings and emotions. So when I do it in that aspect, then that pretty much means that you just go for go with the flow, whatever feeling that you might have that day is what I portray into the artwork, because at some point in time, you might not feel that anymore. So a lot of times I try to get the artwork done pretty quickly because oh, I want to definitely portray that feeling in, at that point in time. The immediacy of the emotion. Yes. And
0: we know, and we know the colors represent, they make you, they evoke a feeling. Yes. know so red, <laughs> is passion, it's, you know, like excitement. It's, yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I like that. Yes, man. and I've always painted in bold colors. Mm-hmm. Um, Never knew why that was my thing, but I literally have everything that I've touched is, is, is bold. Even when it's neutral colors, it's a bold. So I think that represents my personality so well, in which that's why I got my title of Soulful Arts. Um, Pretty much tells me you. Soulful Arts became um my story. It's just like sitting at a table, and you have the feast of your life, and you become so full, you just don't know what to do with the rest of the experience, but you want to cherish it forever.
0: Ooh. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yes. So I try to make my art so full of feelings and emotional aspects, like you just said, mean, like I just said, that you just you want to cherish it. It makes you want to say, I'm that person. I feel that that relates to me. I was the person who was in that situation. And now that they found a way out, I, I feel like I got hope. I can hang this up and say, girl, that's me. I did this or yeah, that that was me when I came through that situation. And I can relate to that because now I'm here. Now you're here.
0: I like that because when I look through the gallery of your art, that's That's exactly what came to mind. Like the first thing was all, I, I relate to all these situations. Like there's something in each painting, each work that I relate to, you know, and it, and it made me feel a certain way. Did you consciously yes. choose, and it, this may um, revert back to the HBCU, but did you consciously mm-hmm. choose uh, people of color to be in most of your work? No,
1: actually. That was one of my biggest issues uh, when I started First Painting. Um, I didn't want my work to necessarily represent colored. Um, A lot of the thing that, of course, you know, coming up from Mississippi, um, we've heard the terms in school of colored people a lot. And so I was thinking about that aspect of my life when every time, when I even went going into college, okay, if we're going to be colored people, let's be colored people, but let's be any color we want to be. So it's just like, that's exactly (laughs) what I see. It's like, who's to determine that I can't be blue today. Who's determined I can't be green today. And that's what makes us special as an ethnicity, because we can literally have multiple shades of melanin and color and let the sun hit us in the right direction and you see a glow. Let the rain drops fall one time and you see a whole feeling of emotion. Or you could just be outside and have a light shining on you right. and you just see a whole who who's to say that you can't be that person.
0: And to take it even and, a step further, just looking over your head now, you know, with the afro and the tips uh-huh. are red, you know, and the women and, are wearing red hair, blue hair, purple hair, it's all yes. it's relatable to everyone. Everybody
1: and that and that's also most important as well. I never wanted my work to be subjected to just African American um, culture. I wanted it to be subjected to anyone. So if someone of a Caucasian or Hispanic or Indian descent, they looked at my work, I want them to still be able to portray the same message and feel the same feelings of emotion. Then just saying. Oh, that's that person. Right. No, it's meant for everyone. So if that's the feeling that you have, then that means that work speaks to you because it, you're related to it. Boom.
0: There you go. And there you have it. Okay. Wow, man. That's that's something. So I got a couple of questions from the viewers that are watching right now. I got one okay. from Sophia. She said, what's the first step to beginning her business? you know, as an entrepreneur in the world, as an artist? Sophia, that
1: is is definitely a good question. What is the first step to beginning your business? Um, I can't, I'm not no business consultant, so I'll just let you know uh, how, what works for me was I first determined who I was and what did I want to get out there. Um, There's a lot of people that has, the same business there's a lot of artists out there that does painting there's a lot of painting people that does jury making they do candles they do varieties of business but what changes the perspective or the narrative of that business is who you are as a person and what do you want your brand to represent so i will most definitely say figure out what it is that you want to sell what do you want it, your brand to represent, and how does it relate to your personality when people think of you and your uh, product?
0: Um, Tamika wants to know. She's an artist and a poet. Uh, okay. How did no? Tamika wants to know. How did you know? How did you know this is what you wanted to do? Like, how did you know? And I think Uh-oh. we kind of answered that one already, but. You
1: want to know how to? I, you know this? What you want to do? I literally won my first art contest in third grade, mm-hmm. and I drew a pink house with blue curtains and grass, and that. And literally, from that day, when they came back, and I was literally in the class contest, and I won at the fair, and I came back with third place. And from that day, at what eight seven. I knew then that, hey, I'm going to be an artist when I grow up. And I pushed that my whole life. Like that was always my MO is to be an artist. So when Christmas time came, for me, I didn't want toys. I didn't want shoes. I didn't want any of that. I wanted canvases. I wanted paint stuff. I wanted art kits. I wanted art sets. Um, I would ask my teachers for the back of my worksheets to draw on. Like if they had any extra worksheets. Um. so it was pretty much like at that point, like, are you going to give up this dream or are you going to go forward? So I did it. That's when I knew that. And I made a promise to myself that at the end of this journey of college, I wouldn't do anything as far as a career unless it portrayed to art. That's the journey right there. That's how you know. Yeah. And that. it was very, and it, it's worked since then. It's worked, yeah. Um,
0: well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for being on this One Mic Night Artist Session
1: live. Please tell you. everybody
0: how we can get in touch with you.
1: What's the best okay, way to do? Okay, so you can <laughs> you can find me online at www.SoulFoolArtsGallery.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at arts. You can find me on Facebook at uh, Soulful Arts Gallery, Nardo Franklin, or you can also find me at Nardo Franklin on Facebook.
0: There you go. You got the information, make sure you check him out. He's got some- Most definitely, go follow me. And I I also know that you have art that's um, affordable for everybody too, that I do know.
1: Most definitely, I think that is very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going back to the first question, Um, being Mm -hmm. able to get yourself out there and make it affordable for everyone. Uh, We're now in a time of where, of course, COVID is definitely real uh, and people don't really have the money that they are uh, wanting to spend. So if I could give any advice to any artist, I will say, make things available for people to shop with you. Make things available for people to shop with you, think in every aspect. The likelihood that a person is gonna spend $1,800 on a painting from you is very slow, one in five. The likelihood that a person may spend two or $300 in a climate where everything is that price is likely. Does everything have to be that price? No, it doesn't. But at least make it available so that people could share that information with you and say, hey, I could get this for this price. That's how you determine ways to get out there right. when you're when you're setting up your business. Right. And we all want to experience art. Right. We all want art. We all want to yeah. see art. I want a nice art yeah. in my place, you know?
0: So everybody, please make sure, thank you for that. Make sure you follow him at Sopo underscore arts. Follow Instagram. me. Go to the Sopo Arts Art Gallery. Check out some of these beautiful paintings and check out the merchandise. Carry a little bit of the merchandise with you. Yes, bags, totes, yes. prints, everything. I know that for a fact. I want to thank you guys all for joining me for the One Mike Night Artist Session. Much, much more to come. And a big shout out to NYFA.org and City Court for sponsoring this episode. Also, you can follow us at One Mic Night. One Mic Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Check out the podcast, One Mic Night Podcast with Marcos Luis. It's on all digital platforms. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio. Follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S and find out what I do. Thank you for joining me for this episode.
1: See you next time. All right, peace.